0: Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for a driving experience like no other? At Toys and Ford, they're not just selling cars. They're delivering dreams on four wheels. With a wide range of Ford vehicles, you'll find the perfect ride to suit your style and needs. Their expert team is there to guide you through every step of the way, from test driving to financing. They're committed to making your car buying journey seamless and enjoyable. Toys and Ford, where your automotive dreams become a reality. Visit them today and experience the thrill of driving driving with the best. Shoppers, listen up. Are you ready to save big on all your grocery needs? Why wouldn't you? Well, then head on down to Hy-Vee in Eau Claire where the deals are sizzling hot. Hy-Vee has the fresh produce, top quality meats, pantry staples, and all your favorite brands under one roof. And don't forget about their amazing in-store bakery and deli. Need a quick bite to eat? Hy-Vee in Eau Claire has many different options to choose from at their food court as well. So go ahead and visit Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, your one-stop shop for savings, quality, and convenience. What is up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by High V and Tyson Ford. Dan Casper here, as always. Appreciate you tuning in uh, to the podcast, whether you are a first time or regular listener. Hopefully, we can keep you coming back to the Man Cave. We're going to talk Green and Gold Packers falling to the Minnesota Vikings. We got that uh, on the docket. Got a little weekend hangover coming at you segment uh, we like to call the weekend hangover but we lead things off a little first things first so speaking of the Packers Rashawn Gary locked up signing an extension four-year extension total value of about 107 million dollars about 96 million dollars in new money no big surprise that uh, the Packers locking up their star pass rusher Rashawn Gary to this extension uh, kind of following a typical Packers way of getting deals done, middle of the season, in the season, probably taking some of that cap hit. I haven't seen the full details. Nothing's been really released at this point in time in the recording of this podcast, uh, but you have to imagine maybe some of that cap hit coming on the cap for this year a little bit because Green Bay didn't have a whole lot to this year because they're carrying so much dead cap hit this year. But you'd have to imagine some of the money from from this year's taken on this hit for for now and kind of alleviating uh, from some future cap hits and such. But again, no big surprise. Rashawn Gary getting that extension done and and quite the career Rashawn Gary has had so far, not only on the field but off the field. Because I still remember when he was first drafted in the first round uh, by the Packers. He was Goody's first pick. Brian Goody says, "No, strike that second pick. He he was his second uh, first round pick, Jair was his first one, but a lot of Packer fans not happy with that pick. They had just signed to Darius Smith and Preston Smith in the offseason. A lot of questions about why you drafting a, a, a an edge rusher, you know, with your first pick when you just signed those two guys. He's you know, boomer bust type of prospect. A lot of people thought he'd be already a bust, and guy has developed into. A, one of the top edge rushers in the game. And I know there's still Packers fans out there that don't feel like he uh, is worthy of this type of contract. They feel like, uh, for, for whatever reasons, they, they feel like that he won't live up to it. But I think when you look at it, and you look at some of the numbers, and you look at what he does on the field, he is a guy that I feel can wreck games. He maybe, I think you can make a case, maybe once in a while you would like to be a little bit more consistent out there in terms of wrecking games and getting after the quarterback but he draws so much attention from the opposing offense that you know he's that guy now where he just the 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 attention is so focused on him and double teams and such and and plays run away from him because he has the ability to wreck games and to affect games um but he is you know, the, the whirlwind of his career so far, his young career, where it came in, you know, his first year. He was playing behind Preston and Zadarius, so he wasn't getting a lot of snaps. So that fueled the fire for a lot of Packers fans out there to say, see, bus, caving on the field, doesn't even have playing time. To where he's at now, it's it's a great story. And hopefully he continues, and not to mention coming off of an ACL injury from from last year. So hopefully he can continue to get better because I think he could still get better. I think he could get better at the run game. I think he can get better at setting the edge. I think he can get better as a pass rusher. I think if he gets a little bit more help, maybe from a defensive scheme standpoint or even players on the field, he could definitely be a game wrecker. Um, no denying the motor uh, that he has on him, and I think if if we're calling this a little bit of a rebuild right now that uh, that the Packers are going through, he is definitely a guy that. Could be one of the faces of those builds and I think the next thing now I want to see from, from Rashawn Gary is developing and maybe it is inside the locker room we just don't see it but Rashawn Gary developing into that leader you know a leader on the defense a leader on this team that's that's what I want to see now whether it's on the field and maybe we see it in the locker room but being that guy being that face of the defense now too so with that let's talk some Packers and Vikings, good lord, the NFL script has got to come up with something different here with, with Green Bay because it's, I'm reading the same book, I'm reading the same short story every single weekend, it seems like here, but Packers luckily putting up three before the half thanks to a penalty by Minnesota because Anders had missed the field goal. Well, offsides, they got another shot. Ten to three heading in the half. It seemed like it could have been a whole lot worse, but then you had you know Minnesota going up With the touchdown, then then a pick, and then another quick touchdown, and it just seemed like 24-10 out of the range. But then Green Bay started to make it a little bit closer, thinking, hey, okay, two possessions within the red zone there at the end when Kirk Cousins went down, pressing Smith, forcing a fumble there, the block kick, Green Bay couldn't take advantage of it. Nothing. What, two possessions in the red zone, and you come away with zero, zero Points. That's it. That is it. Oh uh, man, where do we want to go w- w- with this first? What I mean, should we just go into the offense again? Like, what, 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 what's going on? Like, I feel bad. Uh, now I know the trade deadline's coming up tomorrow, and over the weekend there was some rumblings about could Preston Smith be be a guy that's that's on the move and, and such. But I got to be honest with you, I I feel bad. For Aaron Jones right now, because he keeps saying he's a hundred percent. Now, could this be a player that's saying he's a hundred percent? Maybe, and and maybe he's still still on a uh, snap count or anything like that. But he is your veteran offensive playmaker, and where in the world is he? Seven carries yesterday, seven. Between him and A.J. Dillon, 13 total carries. And I know when it comes to the second half, when you're down 24 to 10, it kind of takes away your, your running game because you got to play a little catch-up in that. But goodness gracious. And I know Aaron dropped that ball. Aaron Jones dropped that ball in a passing game too. But four catches on five targets for just 17 yards. Like, what are we doing? Like, what What are we necessarily doing right now in terms of, of the running game? Like, there there is no identity. We keep talking about identity. Identity, identity, identity. Where is the identity? We don't have one yet. We've we, we got nothing. There, there's no identity whatsoever. Nothing. Nada. I think I even saw Brian Balaga talk about it on, on Twitter. Brian Balaga. Iowa, talking about there's just no identity with this uh, with this ball club. And I just I, I feel bad for a guy like Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones has got to be the guy. You know, you can utilize him in so many ways in the passing game and in and, and, and the running game and and it's just like why why aren't we why aren't we? Again, is he still on a snap count? I, I don't know, but. Greg Googly-Mowgli, as Andy Reid will, says in the new, not bad, resurfaced Snickers commercial out there. But yeah, blaga. Uh It's unfortunate a team with no true identity currently and not enough veteran leaders uh, to guide this young roster during difficult times slash games like this. is kind of an interesting follow on Twitter now, when because uh, I know he does some radio stuff too, But which I never would have imagined for a guy like Brian blaga but... Nonetheless, I always, you know, for a guy, especially recently retired, you know, getting perspective for, from players like that because they were just in it not that long ago. Kind of getting, you know, they they've been there, they've been in those situations, so I appreciate, you know, I, I always find those kind of takes interesting. Mike Wall is another good one. Uh, if you, he does a lot of film work, if if you're on Twitter or the X or anything like that, he's he's another really good one to 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 follow out there too. But it's the you know. I'll tell you this: like one thing, I was kind of like going back and forth in my head after the game last night because you know I'm doing a little scoreboard watching too. I'm like, Jets won again. Jets are four and three right now. We know we're not getting a first round pick for for the Rodgers thing. It's a second round pick, but you'd like the Jets to lose so you, it's a higher second round pick. But right now, the Jets are like, you know, they're they're, they're getting the job done. They're, they're four and three. And, and they're still in this thing. They're still in for for a playoff spot, and it's like you look at it and I'm like, okay, Zach Wilson's their quarterback, and you know, you look at Lazard really isn't doing a whole lot, you know, statistically. But it's like Brees Hall in his second year. It's it's Garrett Wilson in a second year. Those guys are young. They're in their second years. Why are they able to do it? It's probably because they're just so much better right now. Their they're talent level, even though they're second year guys, their talent is that much higher than the second year guys of, of Green Bay right now. Then you look at the defense, it's like, you know, Green Bay's defense got a lot of name guys out there. So what's going on here? Jair, by the way, he got worked by a rookie yesterday. Jair got worked by a rookie. The, the, the touchdown. Addison just blew on by him and here was my frustration on a, on a particular play I know I'm kind of going all over the place here but bear with me here but there was that what third and eight third and eight situation and this happened a couple times but there was one play in particular I think Jair was how many yards off was it to uh, was it to KJ I think third and eight third, I mean those are situations if you were a good defense you are getting off the field you're getting off the field on third and eight situations. Off the line of scrimmage, how many yards? Guy gets a free release. Then it's zone on top of that. So when the receiver you know, crosses over the middle, Jair puts a hand on him, kind of passes him off because it's zone, easy pitch and catch for first down. That simple. You're making it that easy. And I was thinking about this from from a defensive standpoint. I'm like, okay, like what what are we doing here? Like I'm, I'm trying to because I do this in my head, and it causes me so much anxiety at times and frustrations because I I have the mindset that I always want to try to figure out what are people thinking or what 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 possibly could is is the game plan. Like I, I do this in every situation, not just sports, but I always try to figure it out, and know that's probably what gives me anxiety and high blood pressure at times here because I try to figure stuff out. And the only thing I could come up with defensively the the, the philosophy the, the the mindset is in Rasul Rasul Douglas kind of touched on it a little bit yesterday and I'll get to his quote after the game. But the only thing that I could come up with defensively was like okay the so defense, the Joe Barry defense coaching staff, fully know that hey, our offense stinks. They can't do anything, so we're gonna play a little bit safer. I'm gonna try to keep everything in front, a little bend don't break sort of thing. We're not gonna play ultra aggressive. We're we're gonna try to you know keep everything in front and 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 not. You know, if we if we get too aggressive, that opens up for you know maybe some mistakes, big plays, touchdowns, shootout situations, whatever. You know what I mean? Like I just I I feel thinking about this, and I'm trying to comprehend some of the stuff going. And I'm not saying I agree with it by any means because I don't. But I got to imagine with the offense's inability to do anything, this this has a, an effect on the defense. It puts so much pressure. On the defense to be perfect, and you probably have to change your calls to be more safe at times, knowing that you you can't get in a shootout offensively. Again, I'm not necessarily agreeing with it. Like I feel like, okay, how many times have we seen this script written? You might want to be a little bit more aggressive. You might want to you know go after and oppose your will. I mean, for quite a lot, you got Rashawn Gary, you've got guys at every level that you should be able to do some things with. But I feel like it's being the defense is playing more passive. Like they're almost scared to be incredibly ingress- aggressive to impose their will because it's almost like they have this mindset, hey, if we if we are aggressive and, you know, we're we're trying, you know, to to make the plays, we're we're going to bring the house on blitzes and we're going to play some press coverage and all that sort of stuff and really put the pressure but you screw up it might lead to to a touchdown it's like oh crap we're down seven nothing we can't we can't come back from that we're down 10 nothing we can't come back from that I mean that's the only thing I could think of from from a defensive mindset like what what is this gameplay like because you look at the number and you look at the stats it's not you know besides rushing defense it's like oh okay top 10 defense passing yards and you know points in the middle of the pack and that sort of thing they should be better we all know they should be better one hundred percent. Should they be better? Are they playing a lot of these games with a? Are, are, is Green Bay losing a lot of these games because of their defense performance? No, they're not. But they should be better. They're not a. They're not a unit that, you know. Again, like the Jets. You look at those Jets games, and it's like, oh, it's because defense and it's mindset. And I feel like they've got to change that mindset and just be more aggressive. And 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 step up. To I mean, these guys talk about like, hey, we know we got to be the group. Know, what Jair said a few weeks ago, we gotta almost play perfect, we gotta do this. You gotta change the mindset. You gotta be more aggressive. You can't, you can't play it passive. You can't play it safe. More aggressive? Does it expose you a little bit more? It absolutely does. Does it matter right now? You're what, two and five? You gotta be more aggressive. But Jair just he, he got worked yesterday by by a rookie in Addison. Addison wasn't Jordan Addison wasn't intimidated by Jair. And when I when I saw, and then when Jair, I mean, maybe that's why Jair does line up eight yards off. Line of scourge, because maybe that speed is there. Has he regressed a little bit? I don't know. I know I saw, a couple people told me that, that they thought Jair has regressed, or some of these defensive players have regressed. But Rasul Douglas, uh, he had a lot of stuff to say after the game to, to reporters in that locker room. And apparently, again, there was like a lot of uh, teammates coming up to to Rasul in the locker room, and and I guess just kind of from what I could gather from from the reporters that were in the locker room, kind of like okay, you know, looking to Rasul to be the leader, like like it kind of gave that impression, like oh, hey, Rasul, what do we do now? You know, what what should we do? What what happened, Rasul? Like what what do we got to do and, and that sort of stuff. And one of the comments he said. When he was asked about the offense and, and, you know, with with their first half struggles and such and and defensively, try to clean up some of this stuff. We've got to be perfect. No one's perfect, but gosh, I just think offensive coordinators against us can stay in rhythm and they don't have to do anything extraordinary against us because, well, they won't score. Talking about the Packers offense. So we can kind of stick with what we do because even if it's not working out, eventually it might work. He's talking about kind of the mindset of opposing offensive coordinators because our offense isn't scoring, so we've got to find ways to score on offense. And, and I agree with Rasul. Like, you look at these offensive teams, and I, and I think he's, he's accurate in a point where they just got to stay in rhythm, they just kind of keep doing their thing, and eventually they're going to score enough points Because the Packers' offense can't do anything. Just stay in a rhythm. And that's where, again, I I will go to where I think that's where, defensively, you might just have to unleash the horses and be really aggressive and go after it. Because if the offense isn't going to change, if the offense isn't going to do anything, you might as well unleash it. Because, you know what, Joe Barry, this might... what, What else do you got to lose right now? I mean, seriously, what else do you have to lose at this point? Might as well see what we got on defense, too. You know, we talk about offensively, are we being, is is Jordan Love and some of these offensive players, maybe specifically Jordan Love, but are they being, you know, held back a little bit? Are we opening up the playbook enough? And I I think the same could be said defensively. But this offense, I, you know, again, I feel bad for a guy like Aaron Jones because he should be a guy that's... You know, the the focal point of this offense, we talk about veteran leaders, and you look at some of the best, better offenses in the league, it's veteran guys leading the way, and, you know, that green, it should be Aaron Jones, and it's not, and again, I don't know if he's on a snap count. He says he's 100%. Is that just a player saying that? Maybe, possibly, but I feel bad for that guy because he should be targeted. He should be the main guy, and it's just like we're ignoring the guy. And I know he had a drop ball yesterday, but I mean come on now. We're not we're not punishing him for that for crying out loud. I just yeah does love gotta get, you know, some you know, there's some thought, okay, get into a rhythm, shorter passes, gain some confidence. I don't know. It's perplexing. It's it's incredibly perplexing here. And you know, I'll even go back to when a few years ago, and I know they had Rogers and Devontae, so it's a little bit different there too. But you know, you look at the coaching staff, and they had a veteran coaching staff with Nathaniel Hackett as offensive coordinator. Heck, even you know, like Patton was over there, a young head coach with with Matt Lafleur. To have those veterans on there, how beneficial was that for for, for a guy like that? Maybe incredibly important at this point, but you know. It's not just one thing. I know we try, and, and I'm guilty of this too because I really try to do it. I try to figure it out. And I was trying to do this last night, just wrangling my brain on this thing. And it's it's literally not one thing. And I think I was talking to, to our good buddy Brandon about this. And uh, and Brandon had a, a, a good quote uh, about it. He said, where, let me see yeah I can't find it right now, but you know he says it's just like it's it's frustrating when it comes to it's not just one thing it's just so many different things it's so many different things and you can't really point your finger to it i mean the and 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 there's probably going to be realistically there's probably going to be a lot of fans who are more frustrated with certain aspects of this team you know I know we did the poll question last week, you know. When you point, when you look at the offense, is what what are you most frustrated about? It was coaching. It was coaching. Then it was uh, lack of veterans. Then it was the quarterback play, and then it was talent. You know, everybody's going to have their different ones, but in reality, it's everything right now. And they're just not a good team. They're they're, they're not a good team. Is it coaching? Yep, probably. Is it uh, lack of lack of veterans? Yep, probably. Is it um, you know, um, talent in some areas, probably as a quarterback play. Yeah, probably everything, man. All right. Uh, I got a couple more Rasul Douglas quotes from, uh, from after game and, and some other, uh, some other players, uh, up, up here too. But, uh, this was from Ryan Wood Packers. Reporter for PackersNews.com. Just a couple of tweets from him. Rasul Douglas still hasn't taken a post game shower. Uh, he's been holding court at his locker. Darnell Savage was first. Malik Heath stopped by. Elton Jenkins. Don Tavian Wick, Wicks. Um, Packers actively trying to figure this out in veteran Douglas's locker is the epicenter. Um, Quay Walker, I'll get to a Rasul Douglas quote here too, but Quay Walker apparently. Uh, told some of his teammates after the game, uh, apologizing to them for not making uh, making the interception. But uh, Rasul Douglas wasn't having any of it. Rasul said, Quay just talked in front of the whole team, basically saying he thought it was his fault. That blank wasn't his fault. That blank, <laughs> some words I can't say, if we had 11 of him we'd probably be 7-0 and right now. So I just told him to his face, bro, it's not you, bro. It's all of us. We're all out there on the grass with you. We've just got to do a better job. Um, about the, the youth excuse. Rasul saying, I don't think it's nothing. Uh, we can say people young all we want, but people have to play football. The only person in this locker room... That uh, we give leeway to to say they're young is Kenneth because he's never played before. Remember, Kenneth uh, was part of the uh, the, the program where the NFL bring a it, uh an uh, international player, and, and you kind of get two years to, to work with them, and then Kenneth is one of those. But uh, Rasul went on to say, because he's never played before, like he's never played. So if he goes out there and he does some stuff, we're like, oh, we understand. But everybody else, we've played football before at a high level somewhere. So we're not doing that young blank. Very frustrated. Uh, Very frustrated Rasul Douglas. Zach Tom on the the slow starts. Maybe kind of calling out uh, his offense a little bit here. Saying, we have the talent. We have the pieces we need. We've shown every game this year that we can move the ball. It's just about doing it consistently, and we're not doing that. We're putting our defense in tough positions. It's just about coming out ready to play, and I don't know if we're always ready to play. Obviously, it's showing up. We're not ready to play. Zach Tom saying we're not ready to play. Is that on coaching? Is that on players? Probably a little bit of both. But uh, you got a second-year offensive lineman kind of going out there, already saying, "We ain't ready to play." You better how do how do you not that, that you know that's the thing that always bugged me, and and I've never played at a high level pro or pro or anything like that. But it's like, how do you not get ready to play? How are you not ready to play? Like if if it's a excitement, momentum thing, like I got – Jacked up to play every single game. I don't care if it was high school, college, slow pitch, beer league, softball. I was excited to play, and I was ready to play. Like how do you, how do you not get like that? Always just boggles my mind. How do you not get ready? And maybe he's talking about game plans, and you know, game plans aren't you know up. To, I, I don't know, but the whole motivated thing, like how, how how do you just not get ready to play? That always bothered me. That always boggled my mind. But this team, I don't know if Rasul douglas is that is that leader, but I just they they need somebody some bodies to to kind of get this thing going here and, and you know I mean there're what two wins now and one two three four five six, seven, two, and five at this point. I think we can probably kiss playoffs by if you had any uh any playoffs um any playoff hopes or that, probably kiss that one goodbye uh, at, at this point. You know, I know I'm being a pretty Debbie Downer here at, at this point, but, I mean, come on now, let's let's face facts. What have you seen from these few weeks that gives you any confidence that they can go on a, on a little bit of a run here? And, again, it goes back to the whole, what kind of expectations did you have? And I'm one of them. I'll admit it. I drank the Kool-Aid. About a week into, right, a week, week and a half before the season started, I started to sip it, I started to drink it. I'm like, okay, maybe this team could be a little bit better. Then, you know, the game against Chicago, it's like, okay, I drink more of the Kool-Aid. Like, all right, yep, they're going in. Kool-Aid was probably spiked. And that's my fault. And that's my bad. I should have lowered those expectations. And maybe I got a little excited with the season coming up here. Seeing some of the stuff, seeing some of the positive stuff. Bears game, that that spike Kool-Aid got to my head. And I should have lowered those expectations. And maybe if I would have lowered those expectations, I'd have came into the season and would have been like, yeah, what do you expect? Team that doesn't have a whole lot of veteran leadership on the offensive side thing is they've got like that on defense and and again the the one offensive veteran playmaker leader that they have is aaron jones in the last couple weeks you're just not it's like you're not giving him the dang ball but oh and i do agree that i i think the defense is being put in some tough really tough positions here because of the offensive play like rasul was saying i completely agree with that But I also feel like the defense at some point just has to, like, say, screw it and just play uber-aggressive. And you might risk it. You might risk some big plays. I know some defensive coordinators have the mindset of limiting big plays. You might open yourself up to some bigger plays there. But right now, what do you got to lose? What do you got to lose at this point in time? You know, one thing... and, and I believe if I looked up next-gen stats and, and such, but one thing I was thinking about after the game yesterday, and I, I'd like to see the numbers of where everything's at because I don't know exactly where these numbers are, but it was something I was thinking about late last night, early this morning. And I go back to our conversation we had with uh, Packers reporter Rob Demofsky from from ESPN before the season started. And, and he had a piece, you know, we'd asked him about, you know, Matt LaFleur's offense, right, quote-unquote, and, and he kind of chuckled. He's like, well, I'm actually, you know, dropping a, an article about it and, you know, kind of like comparing what, you know, maybe like the 49ers or that style of offense tends to do compared to what LaFleur has done under Aaron Rodgers and where it's different. And, and one of the things that was different about it was um, the the thought was that maybe there's going to be more throws – middle of the field uh this year with this particular style of offense and this is where i want to look at the numbers because i could just be in generalizing it and and maybe i'm just you know i'm, I'm so focused on certain areas and, and i've got some blinders on but it just seems like a lot at least in the beginning of the games there's a lot of throws on the boundaries on the flats and, and I'm really curious to know how much is Green Bay really targeting the middle of the field with with some of their their their, their plays. And and I, I maybe I'll, I'll try to do this and and try to see if I can find those numbers and such uh, th- this week. But it just I don't know. It seems like and then when we did target, and I know I'm just using the game from from yesterday. The times we did target was when, you know, trying to play a little catch-up and you're moving the ball down a little bit quicker. And and then you saw, you know, those guys in those zones and those spots in those zones and and open that. But I don't know. It just seems like, and I wonder if I can figure out a way. I'm sure there is. I need a staff to look this up. But I wonder if there's a way I can figure out, like comparing it to first and second halves here too. Because it just seems like there's a lot of throws, again, to the boundaries, to the flats, to the sidelines. And is Green Bay attacking the middle of the field, up the seams, enough? Are they doing it more than the years prior? Because that was one of the things, like, they didn't really attack the middle of the field that much. And the thought was, is that they were going to this year. And I got to look at those numbers because that was something I was thinking about. See, I I think about this stuff all the time. When I'm trying to get to sleep or early in the morning, you know, I'm trying to look at different points of view and and in different areas in this thing. And that's that's one of them that was kind of, I was trying to, you know, without even looking up the the official statistics. Because they got, it's kind of like baseball now. You got all these stats for every little thing out there. So I'll have to do a little bit of a deep dive out there. But that's, especially like the tight ends you know and I know there's been in, in, in the early part of the season the beginning parts of the season we saw Musgrave going up to the, the seams and you know then Love missing him right we, we've we seen those throws where Love has missed him and, and maybe that's why now I'm just spitballing here but is that why we're potentially not seeing a lot of throws across the middle of the field because that's where Love gets in danger the most his accuracy is off the most he's You know, forcing it a little bit. So are they trying to hone it in and be like making some easy throws to the outsides, to the flats? But I feel like are we not utilizing the middle of the field that much? And if we're not, I want to see that more. We talk about yak, yards after catch, and and getting the ball into – your playmaker's hands and letting them get to work using them in space, right? Well, one way to do that is making sure they got enough space to roam. I mean, for crying out loud, Aaron Jones is one touchdown catch him from that little slant across the middle. I want to see that a little bit more. I want to see that stuff a little bit more. And I feel like we're not and, again, I'll have to look at the numbers. I'll have to look at the statistics and, and the stats in that. That's definitely one area I think potentially they could they could get better at. It's just something I was kind of spitballing in the wee hours of the morning and the late evening hours there because you have performances like yesterday and you have performances like the last few weeks. Maybe I'm the only one that's like this, but you sit there and you try to figure out the why. And, and you're looking at photos and you're you're rewinding clips and you see clips on the uh on the internet and, and all that stuff and you're just trying to figure out the why. And really we it's it's a bunch of answers to to the question why. Right? It's a bunch of questions out there. So well yeah. I don't you know, back to the trade deadline thing. You know, would they, I'm I'm trying to think of some players, could they, would they move on from? Would they trade? And, you know, defensively, they're not trading Jair. They're not trading Kenny Clark. They're not trading Rashawn Carey. They're not trading, you know, they're like Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, or, or any of those guys. I mean, if they were to move on from somebody's, maybe a Devondre Campbell, maybe a press and Smith those would maybe be a couple of guys out there that potentially they they would move on from I mean if you do that by tomorrow's trade deadline you're pretty much signaling yep it's uh, officially done you know at this point in time now that you know maybe I shouldn't necessarily say that because again I think the maybe the best outlook for this Packers team for this season is just like what our good buddy Justice Cleveland said. And it's like the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions were what? One and six last year? They traded TJ Hawkinson. To which everybody's like, Yep, they're folding it in. One of your best offensive players, you're you're folding it in. Maybe it wasn't playing up to that level, but there was a question like, is it just kind of wasting it in, in Detroit? And then boom, second half, turned the corner, got hot, went into that final week, need a little bit of help. What was it Seattle had to lose, and then if Detroit would have beaten Green Bay, they would have got in. While well, Seattle won and Detroit still beat Green Bay. But then entered the offseason with all the momentum in the world, all the excitement, all the hype. And they're playing well this year. They're gonna win the division this year. That is the best outlook. Outcome at this point in time for for Green Bay is, that is if Green Bay follows a similar pattern to what the Lions did last year, maybe you sell off a couple players. Who knows? But just to you know, these final games here, ride some momentum. And I'm sure there's going to be some fans saying, "No, we want the higher pick. We want the higher draft pick." We're at we're at two and five. We want a higher draft pick now. We want we want a new quarterback. Don't win any more games. Get a top three pick. Get a quarterback. I'm sure there's going to be some out there, but franchise wise, coaches, maybe even the players, they got. To, I would imagine are probably thinking, okay. Idea, you know, if we if we're going to miss the postseason, ideally, you probably want something similar to what the lines were like last year. Really rough first half. Dan Campbell's job was in question. Whether he was gonna be, you know, finishing out the season or not. Flip of a switch. Hottest team in the NFL at towards the end of the season. Now probably gonna win the division this year. That's maybe that's what we kind of have to have as a as a goal for, for, for Packers fans. Maybe that's what we should be looking at now. Is, is something like that i think the difference though between those two scenarios one of the differences between them with all those with those scenarios is jared goff was a little bit more established he's been to a super bowl he's a veteran quarterback you kind of knew what you had with jared goff you can kind of build around him A style of offense do what he does best kind of still of an unknown right now with jordan Love. let's let's just be real You know, there's a lot, there's some mechanical issues, there's some fundamental issues, there's some, you know, as the game slowed down for him, vision, there's a difference between the quarterbacks at that point in time, unless Jordan starts to, it starts to kind of all come together here, but that would be the one big difference between the Lions from last year and the Packers from this year. You kind of knew what you had with Jared Goff, and Jared Goff I think has gotten actually a little bit better too, and I think that's a big part because of. job ben johnson their offensive coordinator has done and the and this defense or the offense that they built around him to make sure that you know he's successful if jared goff is successful the offense is successful you're not fitting a square peg into a round hole and right now it's that's kind of up in the air in terms of green bay with their quarterback play all right let's wrap up the podcast with a segment that i like to we like to call a little weekend hangover because we are recording this on a on a monday and let's just you know weekend hangover we're kind of recapping the weekend highlighting the weekend good and bad and you know it is monday so what do we have to look forward to you know, too because a lot of people just got the monday blues got a case of the mondays sort of thing so if you're a wisconsin sports fan it was pretty uh it was a pretty sucky weekend let's just call it for what it is packers lose uh the bucks lost sunday night damian lillard struggled only scoring six points uh, Badger football lost to Ohio State, although it was actually, you know, a game all the way through, like the majority part of the fourth quarter there. So at least they kept it close throughout. The highlight, I think, for Wisconsin sports fans out there is probably uh, the men's hockey team. Second week in a row, they swept a ranked opponent, but this time it was number one Minnesota. So, so like their main rival, Mike Hastings and his team and the job that he has done so far in the early parts of this season in his first year. He's done a fantastic job. This team is maybe surpassing some expectations early on. Don't wanna think uh at least me, I uh learned my lesson about drinking the Kool-Aid maybe a little too early with with uh, with Jordan Love and the Packers for this season, but you look at what the Badgers have done in the last uh week, last couple weeks, thumbs up. That's that's the positive right now is Badger hockey, Badger men's hockey playing incredibly well. Incredibly well. So That's honestly kind of like the the last, for for Wisconsin, you know, sports fans from the weekend. But, you know, across the entire sports spectrum, you know, weekend hangover, World Series looks like it's actually going to be a pretty entertaining World Series because it's tied at one apiece. Game three, pivotal game three, Monday, tonight. You had Texas eking out a win in game one. Diamondbacks busting out the offense in Game 2, putting up nine runs to get that victory. I was one of those that I thought, okay, Texas might run away with this thing, winning in five, maybe even six. But right now the Diamondbacks, tip of the cap to those guys because they're, they're, they're playing incredibly well. And if the first two games tell us anything, this is going to be a series that potentially could go the distance, and I think it's going to be an entertaining series for these next few games, however many games are left. In this World Series. So, and I feel like the World Series is kind of getting overshadowed here a little bit. You got college football going on. You got the NFL going on. Hockey has been underway for the last couple of weeks. The NBA season just tipped off. That's why I feel like October to me is always the best month. And we're starting to wrap up uh, the month of October right now. But, um, you know, World Series maybe kind of flying under the radar and probably because you, it's Diamondbacks and, and Texas. And yes, Texas is a popular team, but maybe not like a. Star-studded matchup like Dodgers-Yankees, Mets, whatever the big market teams uh, out there and such. So, but it's been a really good postseason, especially when you go back to the ALCS, the NLCS, both going um, to to Game Sevens there. But you know, if you if you got that Monday weekend hangover, maybe something to look forward to or to kind of focus on. The NFL trade deadline is tomorrow, Tuesday. I still have my doubts whether moves are gonna be made, what like big moves, like a star player being moved, maybe a couple of minor moves here for like draft picks. Packers wise, could it be Devonde Camel? Could it be Preston Smith? You know, some of those guys. I know Preston Smith was was mentioned as a possibility. But uh I just never say never. I know the Eagles made a move, uh, to to bring in a safety from Tennessee. Uh Kevin Bird there, so I mean, maybe I just The NFL trade deadline, it's gotten a little bit more active the last few years here, but it's still nothing like Major League Baseball and the NBA when it comes to trade deadlines because the big part is those two leagues, they got plenty of games left to go yet in their season and stuff to still be decided. Football, we're heading into Week 9, and there's still some teams on the edge of maybe potentially making the playoffs and they don't want to sell, that sort of thing. There's not a whole lot of games, so that's why I don't feel like you see a whole lot of sellers, uh, or, you know, a lot of, I should say trade activity when it comes to the NFL trade deadline. So that's your weekend hangover recapping, uh, the weekend and looking ahead to, uh, this week, what's on the docket, trying to get you something motivated to to look forward to other than that. I mean, you know, hunting season, if you're a hunter, I'm a hunter deer moving around here too. So I'm going to be hitting the woods here in a little bit. And, uh, Or later on this week and hopefully trying to tag out with my bow tag out there. So if you are a hunter, best of luck and be safe out there too. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Brought to you by hy Toys and Ford. Big thanks to you for tuning in. And uh, if you would be so kind to give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple. And a review so others could find the podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper. And I will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.